G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. And it's my privilege to welcome into the studio my good friend Steve Schiller. He's an uh, author and an evangelist and he uh, travels around Australia with Road Riders for Jesus. He gets on his bike and he goes and preaches in tents and uh, does outreaches. I've had him at my soup kitchen preaching there and uh, training people in evangelism. And he goes out on the streets in the homeless shelters. He loves to preach the gospel wherever he goes. He's a mechanic, and he's a real bloke's bloke as well. It's a, a blessing to have him in the studio. Uh, Steve, welcome along, mate. Tell us a bit of your background, mate. Where were you born and raised? Oh, wow. Okay, I started out in South Australia. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, in the Adelaide Hills, a little sleepy town called Mount Torrens. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I was raised in a Lutheran family. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I didn't connect with God. It doesn't mean that they didn't or that they didn't sort of give the gospel, but mm-hmm. I just didn't really understand what was going on. So yep. I guess I believed in the Trinity. It was Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> a lot of people believe in that Trinity, yeah. don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so the whole message was mixed up with if you're good, you get a present. If you're bad, you don't. And so good people went to heaven, bad people went to hell, and mm-hmm. I had all the wrong gospel message inside of me. Not that it was given to me like that. It was just the way that I took it on. Um, so not knowing what was going on, I just did whatever I wanted to do and um, went crazy and then had an encounter with God that totally changed everything for me. Tell us what happened. Um, well, I heard this crazy guy um, preaching. And he said that if you find Jesus Christ, you will know God. He got saved in Yatla Prison in South Australia. Um, And his name was Barry Good. He had a um, story that um, was completely authentic. He didn't talk about something that was a theory. It was uh, something that really happened to him. Um, And I I really despised him. I hated him. I thought he was nuts in the head and crazy. And and I was tormented by his words for probably three, three and a half months. and that was, if you find Jesus Christ, you'll know God. Well, that I didn't want that. I just was uh, pushing it out of my mind all the time. And um, eventually, without even realizing that I'd pray, because I really had ditched the whole idea of God. I'd completely thrown it out the door. Um, so you don't pray to something you don't believe in. But there was something deeper that goes, what if? There's something deep down that does not connect with the intellect. It connects with something beyond the intellect. And... And uh, I stood there and prayed on the side of a dirt road, and it was like the sky opened up. It just totally transformed me. And um, it wasn't um, uh, intellectual. It was completely heart heartfelt. It come mm. right down, come mm. right in. Mm. Mm. And how old were you when that happened? I was 17. 17 I was okay. pretty young. Yep. Um, I didn't really know how to navigate it. It was, mm. it was crazy. Mm. And um, it took me uh, four months before I found... Um, somebody who would listen to me about it. I, I tried to tell people and they, they thought I was nuts. Mm. Um, and um, this young lady said, I think you've been born again. She referred to a friend of hers that had a similar experience. And when she said that, that was the only words that could frame the experience or or really put it into place to what had really happened. It was the only true description. Mm. Yeah. And tell us how your life changed. 
Um, at the time, um, I was uh, I, I was an apprentice mechanic. I was interested in anything I could throw a spanner at, nothing else. Um, I was a very selfish person. I didn't have um, any real way to relate to anyone around me. I was very inward. Um, within the first uh, couple of weeks of this transformation, one of the guys in the workplace came up to me and he said, um, you're different. What's happened to you? And I quizzed him. I said, well, what, what do you mean different? He said, well, you're nice to people now. You know, the mongrel Steve's just gone. Wow. And um, I, I didn't even know. I just felt different. I felt different about everything. And, and he said, what's happened? And I, I kind of gingerly told him, I said, I met God. Now, this guy just burst into laughs and <laughs> bolted. And, you know, um, I felt about an inch tall. I didn't know what to tell him. I didn't know how to express any of it. Um, so I got a lot of ridicule in the workplace. Um, but within a year, this guy's asking me to pray for him. And there was all sorts of different things that were happening. And I guess... Um, People throw mud at you, but what really sticks is the enduring work of Jesus. Mm, mm. Yeah. And tell us a bit about your early career. Like, what did you do after school? Did you study? Did you work? Um, I actually got involved in youth ministry for a while in the Adelaide Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, did did a Bible school course. Um, stuck at that for a while, and then God called us to the mission field. So we ended up in Malaysia and Singapore between 1994 and um, 99 mm-hmm. and um, we sort of we did it a bit different than a lot of people I've got a daughter at the moment she's in the mission field and she's uh, part of an organisation where she's got financial support and um, she's flying under the radar in a Muslim country but we we went into uh, Malaysia and Singapore and we didn't have um, any backing from Australia there's eight of us and I, I guess the crazy bit is God called us and we just went and did it um, and so we sold up everything and went and, and, um, we had five years there. There was a prophetic word that we'd have five years in the country. Um, five years from when we entered, nothing would close, but five years from the prophetic word, everything shut almost really ugly. Like mm. you, you'd think, oh, that wasn't very Christian like, but you know, when the Israelites left Egypt, it was pretty ugly too, you know? So God, God has funny ways of doing things. And mm. yeah. So after that, we landed ourselves back in. Uh, Brisbane, um, I found myself kind of in a real big hole in, in heaps of ways um, because we'd gone from uh, being involved in constant ministry, preaching all over the place, to all of a sudden this massive void. And uh, eventually I went back onto the spanners and, and started running a mobile mechanic business. Um, and what really happened was God threw me into the mission field. Mm-hmm. I wasn't around Christians. I wasn't around uh, believers all the time. I was around non-believers. And, um, and then I started to really see him start to step up and do things. And when I started to engage God, crazy things began to happen. Mm. Yeah. And tell us how you got involved in Road Riders for Jesus. Road Riders for Jesus. Wow. Well, when I became a Christian, I had, um, I had six motorcycles. I had them all stuck in the shed and bits and pieces and pulled apart. And I loved them. And... Um, it didn't take long until God was really tugging at my heart and telling me to get rid of them all. Um, now, I joke about it. I say, when I forgave God, he let me have another one. Well, God doesn't need forgiving. I just had to deal with my ugly self. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I, I love bikes. I love um, everything about it. If you can chuck fuel in it and get it running and hit the highway, it's great. Um, so I met Robert Hill and Donna and 
different people and they'd sort of established Road Riders for Jesus into Australia and um, we got involved in planning a chapter out near where we live in the Southern Downs and um, that's been quite a journey and um, we've got members down in Melbourne, got a lot more members down in Melbourne than Queensland now mm, and mm. Um, just recently had a trip through to Tasmania and come back through Melbourne and rode the Great Ocean Road with them. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Mm. Uh, when you're stuck behind the traffic, you enjoyed the view. When you weren't, you enjoyed the corners. <laughs> um, so we got the best of both worlds on the run. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, January, uh, February and March, I did about 4,000 Ks, went to Tasmania, across to South Australia, and then back up to Brisbane on the bike. And, mm-hmm. um, had, a, had a great time, mm. fantastic time. And you've got a, a Jesus tent. Got a you Jesus set up tent. and you do a bit of preaching. Yeah. Do a bit of preaching. Yeah. 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 I'd like to have the tent out more than I do. Um, but at the moment, it's sort of one of those things where I've got to really look to God and mm. see what he wants to do. Um, so in 2015, we, we got a tent that was um, a very interesting encounter because I'd sort of had it in my heart 20 years earlier to do tent ministry and never mention it to anyone. And mm-hmm. then a friend of mine has a dream and he, he says, oh, I saw us with a big tent set up in Devonport in Tasmania and he told me how much it would cost to hire one and and I said, No man, we gotta we gotta um more or less we've got to get our hands on one. I didn't tell him up front what was going on and um so we ended up buying this thing and uh using it for meetings around Tassie and then up up into New South Wales and Queensland and um and the interesting thing is we were putting it up in a place called Somerset, um, uh, in Tasmania. And 20 years earlier, I had this desire to do the tent ministry, but Tabitha also was really seeking God, Tabitha, my wife, and this was 20 years earlier, and the Lord gave her the name Somerset. So she grabs a, uh, this is pre-Google Maps, you know, so she grabs an atlas and goes hunting and finds there's three places that pop up straight away, one in England, one in um, Queensland, Somerset region, and then this town in Tasmania, and Tassie just grabbed her attention. You know, like the baby kicking, like in uh, in Elizabeth, John kicking in Elizabeth when mm. Jesus and Mary turned up and Jesus is in Mary. So she was, um, this just kicked in and here we are putting this tent up 20 years on and I'm thinking, wow, um, God is organized. Mm. He knows his stuff, you know. So there's some crazy, crazy edges that go on in that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And what's the message that you bring when you preach in your Jesus tent? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a message of transformation. Yeah. You know, mm. Jesus can take whatever rubbish has gone on in your life and he's able to sort it out, you mm. know, and and even use the the stuff that the enemy has done to destroy you to actually build you. Mm. You know, I, I call it full on redemption. If mm. he can grab hold of anything and fix it, yeah. he's totally capable. So um, I, I guess in the tent, We've seen a lot of healings and a lot of um, things like that happen and, and salvations. And um, it's, it's a place where um, people can come that are not necessarily going to walk into a church, you know. Mm, mm. Um, so some of it's been really amazing. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, mate, we've got your new book here, mm. The Raw Edge of the Christian Experience. And uh, I've just um, been so blessed. I've been flicking through it a little bit here, and you know, re- reading a few s- stories here and there. It's a great, it's a great uh, book. Tell us a bit about how, how this all came about. All right. Well, writing and the name Steve Schiller don't exist in the same sentence. <laughs> um, so, 
it came about in a very awkward way. Uh, I was up at Bundaberg uh, ministering in a church up there, and there was this uh, guy called Greg Biddle. So Greg is an author, and he came around and he visited the pastor where I was staying, Dallas Hobbs. And my wife, Tabitha, wanted to write a book. So she was thinking about doing a recipe book, and I just said, Greg, what do you do to publish a book? Now, once I let him off the chain, I couldn't get him back in the yard. The guy went on for about an hour and no one could control him. And <laughs> and uh, I think Dallas left the room and uh, Tabitha just sat there dumbstruck. And I sat there thinking, what is going on? Um, and I'm nursing this desire to write a book while he's talking to me. And I'm thinking, this is weird. Like, that does not, that's like, that's like me taking up ballet. Like, <laughs> you don't do that, man. Um, so it, it just was... Um, but but the whole thing felt sort of like uh, it had a, a pretty strong hint of a God encounter going on. Um, but when it was all over and Greg had left, I was so relieved. I thought, oh wow, uh, that was weird. That was wrong. Uh, don't don't go there, you know. Mm, mm. Um, but look, in the Christian walk, the stuff hits the fan now and then. And um, I was going through a lot of trouble with different things. And I rang a mate of mine, Jim Hosey, and I said, um, can you get can you pray for me? Get a few people to pray for me at the moment. And she contacted someone called Avalon Hamill. And I'd met Avalon before, but we really didn't know each other at all. And Avalon has a uh, quite a prophetic gift on her life and travelled all over the world in different nations for years um, using that in, in the churches. And she, uh, she prayed for me for a while and rang Jim up and said, ring Steve and tell him to write a book. Now, that was really confronting. Uh, the biggest problem I had was I didn't know how to spell anything. I didn't know what a comma or a full stop did. Yeah. Um, and eventually I contacted Greg Biddle after putting this together and and um, asked him, what do I do? And he said, how's your grammar? I said, oh, she died about the same time as Pop. You know? <laughs> and, um, well, the length of silence that preceded that gave me a fairly strong indication that I was in some serious trouble. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. And, mate, since you've released it, uh, you know, if people are interested in getting their hands on it, how, how do they get a copy? Well, it's in the Vision store yep. here at uh, Vision Radio. Yep, great. Uh, Tabitha and I are marketing them, and um, we've actually moved over 400 of them. We released okay. them on fifteenth of uh, on the on the 10th of February we mm-hmm. picked them up. There's 400 of them gone. We've got a second print run that I should be able to pick up this Friday. Great. Um, and... To my shock, it's grown its own legs. It yep. doesn't. Uh, I thought I thought the legs would fall off the moment you ran out of people that you knew, and um, it didn't. It's sort of so. I had one guy. He uh, organised twenty six copies for all the blokes in his church after being given the book. We got right. an email yesterday from someone who um, we we can't work out who he is, but he wants to know how to buy copies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a. We we just get. The raw edge of the Christian experience, so mm-hmm. raw edge experience at gmail.com, raw mm-hmm. edge experience at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and I'm quite surprised at what it's actually doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting um, people, I've had at least 30 people contact me and say they couldn't put it down. They've mm. read the whole thing in a couple of days mm-hmm. and, and people have feel really transformed and liberated by it. So mm, mm. it's not a uh, autobiography. Um but it does. It's my story with a lot of other people in it. So yep, yep. it's people in the circle of influence and mm. what God's done in them, and um, and 
and I'm I'm hoping it's going to really liberate people out of churchianity into walking in Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you know? fantastic, mate. Um, I love it. Yeah. And and you know, whenever I've heard you preach, whenever I've seen you minister to people on the streets, you know, you, you you're the real deal. You don't uh, talk, you know, religious mumbo jumbo. You just talk. You talk. You know, your real testimony. And we've got Paul from Somerset in Tassie. How you doing, Paul? Yeah, very well. Thanks. Good morning. Have you got a question or a comment for Steve? No, I'd just like to comment to Steve that, well, you wouldn't remember, but I was in your tent down at the Somerset Primary School when you came with your wife and your team, and I'd like to thank you very much for the ministry work you do. Oh, cheers, mate. That's awesome. Wow. So how long ago was that, Paul? Oh, I can't even remember. Uh, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, okay. I reckon it could have been about 2016. 2016, maybe? Yeah, Somerset in the school. Sounds yeah. about right, yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, bless you in what you do. And Paul, tell us a bit about uh, how were you impacted during that outreach? Oh yes, I was. Um, well, I was in tears. Really, I wasn't probably in the best of space. Um, but I think seeing Steve's ministry, there's such kind, caring, grassroots, uh, grassroots sort of people that um, I think they're the best way that God can get across to people these days. Oh, oh, there's no phoniness in it. It's very genuine. It's a wonderful uh, ministry. Good on you, Paul. Really appreciate your call today, mate. Thanks so much for that. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Hey, hey, bye. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Steve Schiller is our guest. He's the author of the book, The Raw Edge of the Christian Experience. Maybe you've got a question or a comment, or maybe you want to share your testimony. Give us a call, 1-800-316-316. We've got Sharon from Kilcoy. How are you, Sharon? I'm very good, thank you. What would you like to chat about? I would like to tell you how God actually invited me to share his life. Fantastic. Go for it. <laughs> I, yes, I um, I didn't come from a Christian background, but I did believe that there was a God. Uh, my dad, he always used to say that there were no agnostics in foxholes. Um, and him and my mother, they eventually gave their lives to the Lord just before their early 60s. But um, I was a very kind-hearted girl, and I thought that if I was kind to others, they would be kind to me. And unfortunately, I met some people that um, very badly fractured that type of thinking, which set me into a what I call a period of time, which I call 10 years of climbing in and out of black holes. Um, it was absolutely terrible. Um, ended up out at a little country town, Whamuran, and um, I had two children. My life had got to a stage where I couldn't see any point to it, but I, but I was looking for life. I was looking for an answer to my life. And on the morning of the 14th of October, 1977, this definite male voice spoke these thoughts into my mind. And he said, give your life to me and I'll help you put it back together. So I did that. And there's a beautiful story that follows that. But I just want to let you know what his first uh, words to me were once he, I asked him into my life. He did not tell me to read a Bible or go to church, he said to me, he said, tidy up your kitchen, make sure your bathroom's always tidy so that people come in and wash, can wash their hands and you can give them a cup of tea. He even said to me, if the bedroom's untidy, just shut the door. 
And I lived in a big old house with a, a fruit stall out the front. And there were so many amazing things that happened from that thing where the Lord showed me of prayer, friendship and hospitality. Um, so many people walked past other houses to knock on my door. I even one time a couple of prisoners had escaped from the Woodford Prison and the police knocked on my door and wanted to set up a, um, their headquarters there. Um, I had a lovely gentleman one day who was a, um, I believe he was a Johnson & Johnson representative and the axle of his car had broken. And he knocked on my door and I came in and sat him down and made him a cup of tea and he said to me, do you know, he said, I was never worried that uh, that I would break down on the road, but he said I was always worried that, that someone would help me. And at the time I was expecting a baby and so was my sister-in-law. And he said to me, I'll tell you what, he said, I'll send you something. Well, I couldn't believe it. One day we got delivered to us on a truck, two great big boxes. They were about three foot long and a foot by foot square and they were absolutely filled with Johnson & Johnson products that I hadn't even heard of. <laughs> another beautiful... And, and another lovely thing that happened, an Aboriginal couple called in. They had trouble with their battery. And my husband at the time, he'd lived at Mergen, so he was a bit anti. And he said to me, well, if you let those people in the house, he said, I'm going to take the children and leave. And I said, well, that's fine. So I helped them, and their name was Mr. and Mrs. Rabbit. And she was a beautiful Aboriginal Salvation Army lady, and she said that she used to preach to her mobs in, mob in the park. Now... I believe that she said to me that their daughter was engaged to the son of um, Neville Bonner, the guy that, the Aboriginal guy that got into Parliament. So that, so that was that little story. One day I went up to quiz. So, so one time I went up to the to where they'd first built a fruit shop up in Wamuran just to suss it out because we had a fruit shop. And as I approached the shop, I'll just tell you this last of one. There's so many I could tell you. It's absolutely amazing. Anyway, um, as I approached the shop, I noticed a Palm Woods ambulance with an elderly lady wearing glasses sitting in the passenger seat. And as I approached the shop, the Lord said to me, I want you to buy that lady a bunch of flowers. And there was a plastic drum there with flowers in it. There was carnations. There was two bunches. There was a pink bunch and a red bunch. And I said to the Lord, which colour? And he said, red. And I felt a bit weird. I, I bought the flowers and the ambulance man was in there pushing a trolley around getting a few things. And I walked up to him and I said, I said, well, I guess it was breaking confidentiality, actually. But I said to him, look, um, would you mind telling me what's wrong with the lady in the ambulance? I said, because the Lord has just asked me to buy her a bunch of flowers. And he said to me that she's dying of an operable unoperable breast cancer and oh. she's been sent home to die. Wow. So that just and and there's been so many beautiful things he's told me to pick up people beside the road and oh my god the things that happened to that. It just but honestly, yes, I did start reading the Bible later on and so forth, but always it's been prayer, friendship and hospitality. It's been those three things from the beginning and continues to be right through to this day where I'm 74 now. I got born again when I was 28. I'm 74 now, and I help my daughter with her little ones and so forth, and, and, and I call that respite care for mothers and children. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sharon, it is so good to hear how the Lord has used you uh, to minister to uh, many 
uh, over the years. And, you know, you're obviously hearing the voice of God and obeying. That's awesome. Thanks so much for your call today. God bless. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Bye. And, Steve, we've just got a little bit of time before the news, but, mate, it's so important that we hear the voice of God and obey, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> wow, that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah just um, on that subject, um, the Lord really impressed on me to write a book, and yeah. I, I wrote it, and then I left it on the hard drive to gather dust, and <laughs> everything in my life turned to absolute nonsense. And really? Rubbish for a long time. And yeah. And eventually I went back and did what a friend of mine advised me to do, go back and do the last thing that God asked you to do. There you go. That's good advice. And I thought, I don't want good advice. I want the Bible. And (laughs) then I discovered, hey, that's right in the book of James. Um, Yep. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And when I committed to actually publishing this, everything began to happen again in my life correctly. And God started to really work it all out. Awesome. Well, we've got David from Mackay. How How are you, David? Very well, thank you. Very good. You've got a question or a comment <laughs> for Steve? Talking there? Yeah, yeah. I um, was with uh, Christian Motorcycles Association, CMA, uh, in Townsville about uh, 15, uh, 20, 15 to 20 years ago, and uh, we had opened the branch there in, Mackay, in Townsville. And um, Gladstone was the main sort of centre, I think, for it. But uh, uh, when I went down to the uh, Ulysses Annual General Meeting in Canberra, there was a representation from CMA down there, actually. And uh, uh, it was really good that they were there because we had a big clash with the Rebels Club because uh, some of us had rockers on the back. And uh, you can't have rockers on the back of your jacket with uh, with the Rebels around because that's uh, sacred to them, apparently. So uh, but the CMA were, were very... Uh, instrumental in, 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 in assisting the, the problem that we've started to have there with the rockers. But, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that uh, it was great to hear that Steve's got this other group going there, but um, I'm just wondering if they do liaise because that, uh, I, I think CMA, as far as I know, CMA is still pretty strong around Gladstone and that's that area, you know, so um, I think maybe even down to um, around Canberra, but um, yeah, no, it's just wonderful here. I'm just wondering if they do liaise because it'd be wonderful if they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for the question. Um, we're, um, uh, I, I haven't headed up Road Riders for Jesus. It's actually an international ministry that um, has, oh, okay. I think Ooh. it's about four to 5,000 members worldwide. Um, and I believe wow. that's more than, more members than the Hell's Angels. Um, but we're Ooh. batting for the right team. <laughs> and uh, so our national director, Robert Hill, is um, in, in, you know, has, has a lot to do with one of the CMA leaders down in New South Wales. Um, we sort of uh, brush shoulders with everybody um, in the kingdom and outside the kingdom. There's only two types of people I meet, those who know God and those who need to. Um, you don't seem to find too many others. Um, and motorcycle ministry, some. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. What was that? Oh, it's just so wonderful with bike riding because you know you've mm. just got your bike, and uh, and you know whether you're rich or poor, you're, mm. <laughs> your bike is the only thing, main thing you've got in common, and uh, huh. just the freedom that you go out. You know, normally you go up with a prayer, and and oh, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling to be with uh, you know other Christians uh, on your bike. It's just a wonderful thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, mm. yeah, and um, it's it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to to witness. Um, um, people people often just talk to you, and doors open, and you can begin to share with them. And um, the amount of God encounters that you have with it are, are incredible. Mm. 
Yeah. Absolutely, I, I mm. back you up on that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Oh, it's really good to hear that there's other groups going. You know, because mm. yeah, mm. I, I'm in a situation. You know, I, I, well, I've had. I couldn't ride just recently. I had two bad cataracts, but thank God now they're all fixed up. And uh, so you never know, I might get on the bike again. But, uh, that would be similar to having a bug on your visor, wouldn't it, mate? <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> all right, Dave. Thanks so much for your call, mate. God bless. You too. Thanks very much. See you. Bye. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. If you've got a question or a comment for Steve Schiller, uh, he's the author of the book, The Raw Edge of the Christian Experience. Call through on 1-800-316-316. And we've got Donna from Deepwater. How are you, Donna? Uh, good. Excellent today. Awesome. I'm, I'm honoured to be on the radio today to uh, just encourage Steve, what he's doing, and I listen to his testimony. I come over from... Um, because oh, I live in uh, Deepwater, we got the relay station of Division Radio on our house, and I thought I'd better get over the neighbour because she's a Christian and get her to get the radio on and listen. And um, I've been sitting over here, and my husband Robert, he's over the other, over out of our house. But I'll just say, it, uh, Steve's been very good encouragement in our ministry. We've been going, Robert and I, in Road Riders to Jesus since 2012, and we just plod along and let the Lord direct us to where to go and on the road and you know sometimes now because I'm older I don't ride as much as what Robert does like I don't ride a bike I tried that didn't work so um so I just sit on the back and just enjoy the view and and just wave to people and dream and sleep sometimes on the bike but um it's been a real enjoyment but I'm just saying that uh Steve and Tabitha have been a real encouragement in my life and Robert's and we've been able to encourage them too as we do this ministry that God's got us doing and um, if we have the opportunity to go with the Jesus tent sometimes we could go. If we haven't, will we just do the road riders? It's just whatever the Lord wants us to do. So I encourage you, Steve, today. Um, You're doing a good job out there. It's awesome to get you on the radio, Donna. Yeah, yeah, right. and I'll tell you what, um, you're, you're so much fun. I mean, uh, you know, you come and stay at our house sometimes instead of going home, and uh, yeah. uh, you yeah. never know what's going to happen when you walk past the kitchen table. <laughs> no, you don't. Mm. Uh, and actually, I love um, just getting out there. I've got a sticker on my car for road riders, so if I can't get on the bike, I can go out in the car, which is much more better because I can just drive along. And, and sometimes Robert's in front of me um, with the bike. And sometimes he's not, but we do our best what God wants us to do. And, you know, if people want to join, we just tell them. And if they don't, well, that's all right. That's fair enough. We just do what God's called us to do. And that's what we need to do. Just do what God's called you to do and the giftings and callings on your life to get out there and do God's will. Good on you, Donna. Thanks so much for your call. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Bless you. God bless to you and Robert in Deepwater, New South Wales. Love to hear Different callers from around the nation. Phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. And we've got Lawrence from Perth in WA. How are you, Lawrence? Oh, good this morning. Thanks very much for your program. Um, I've been a, a Christian for many years, and I became one through a youth camp 40 years ago now. It's <laughs> a long time ago. But how do you break through the um, entrenched uh, Christianity, like you touched on in your testimony, uh, there's people we walk past every day who have no idea about 
Jesus and his ministry, that sort of thing. And he did say his kingdom is not of this world. Um, but I think my, my own gifts are mercy and hospitality. Um, I, I had been going to a little church of very faithful people, but I felt like I was attending a cocoon and, you know, anyone walking past from the society past the front door was in a completely different world, um, not of God's kingdom. Yeah, so they're my comments and a couple of questions there. Good question, Lawrence. What are your thoughts, Steve? Wow, that's 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 pretty huge, and I reckon it's confronting to most Christians. And uh, um, I've often had someone come to Christ, and and I think, well, whose church can I throw them into without them destroying the church? <laughs> you know, um, and some of them are pretty wild people, and and um, we're you know we, sometimes we're so far detached from what goes on in the world, and we, we just don't have our finger on the pulse. But Jesus totally understands them, like. Um, you know, he he was not uh, a high priest that was unable to uh, sympathise with the weaknesses of people, and and he he gets people, he knows people, and he customises the way that he reaches people, um, and the stuff that people go through is is horrendous, um, and we want to make all religion out of it. Well, I, I tell you what, I know the way Jesus confronted the Pharisees; it was a bit different than, uh, and he he said, look, the the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they're entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. Because these people were real, they were gritty, they were honest about what was going on, and and the Lord understood them, because um, he he doesn't God doesn't look for good behaviour, he looks for an open heart that he can come and situate himself in, um, and when he does that, I tell you what, everything begins to change, you know. So uh, reaching people, I don't know. I remember being in a workshop years ago. I'm a mechanic by trade, and I was in a workshop, and and I started doing contract work for them, and they. Um, uh, I just was up the back on the spanners and the place got crazy, out of control, busy. And then I went overseas on a mission trip and I come back and got a little bit more work with them. And the whole thing, it just died. There was nothing going on. And then the work started booming again. Eventually they came and they said, you're the key to this. What are you doing? You've got connections, you know. Um, and then it was pouring with rain one day and they had a car out the front that we had to fix and no one could get to it. It was just a downpour. And so they, you know, they sort of want to mock Christians a bit. They want to have a bit of fun. They said, come on, you got connections. Can't you do something about this? I said, come on, man. I'm in sales, not management. <laughs> you know. Um, but if you're just real about everything and, and embrace people on the funny bone, on the serious bone, and um, you know, the religious stuff doesn't cut it. Religion mm. is a stench in the nostrils of God, but a real open heart, he will come and he will visit. Mm. You know. Absolutely. Mm. Hey, thanks so much for your call, Lawrence. Thank you. God bless. Thanks, and phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. If you've got a question or a comment for Steve Schiller, author of the book The Raw Edge of the Christian Experience. And we've got uh, Jason from Sydney. How are you, Jason? Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, enjoying the conversation this afternoon or this morning. Um, I just wanted to make a, a comment in general terms. I travel for work around Australia a fair bit, even, uh, interstate and so on and talk to a lot of people. Um, I'm obviously a Christian, but getting into talks about history and um, what I've really noticed is the visibility of Christians today. I don't I don't see that. You see a lot of other religions out there that are visible as an address set. And uh, I've, it's really struck me. How do, how do we get around that? Because priests don't wear any uniforms anymore in the old Salvation Army, but I'm, I'm sort of picked up what you said, that you are visible and you're putting it out there and people really are drawn to that and they're happy to have a conversation and 
I do volunteer as a chaplain um, for the ex-military because I was an ex-serviceman. But, um, yeah, I think that visibility has is, is really got to me because the world, the world thinks there's not many Christians around. But <laughs> if we had a uniform or, or were a bit more out there or speak about it a bit more, I think... I think they'd be shocked how many of us are in in our society, basically. And what do you think of that? Thank you so much for that, Jason. Uh, Steve, thoughts or comments? Well, I, t- I tell you, mate, sounds like something the boss said. Don't stick your light under a under a uh, a basket. You know what I mean? Like if if you got it lit, let it glow. Um, and I, I I mean, when people know you're a Christian, sometimes they uh, it's it's really quite funny. People. Sometimes they're swearing and carrying on. Then they go, oh, oh, sorry, I shouldn't swear in front of a man of God or I shouldn't swear in front of a Christian. And I've often said, just say it. Get it out of your system. You're making me nervous. Then we can both relax, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and people react really funny. Um, but it, the weird thing about it, like um, on the back, I'm a mobile mechanic. On the back of the van, I've got the face of Jesus and two big arms stretched out and nails stuck through the hands. And there's a slogan on the on the back door and it says the mechanic can fix most things, but he can fix it all. Um, now, people drive past me and flip the bird, and other people ring up. I had a truck driver ring up one day, bawling his eyes out while he's driving past. He got the number, and he rang me, yeah. and he said, I just so needed to see that. And Wow. Uh, I was working on a car one day, and this lady got around the back, and I had the back door down for whatever reason. I didn't need it open, so she could see it, I guess, and... And she's on the concrete, bawling her eyes out on the ground. And I just went around there and looked at her and I said, um, I think I'll leave you the boss for a while while I can fix your car, you know. <laughs> I knew the Lord was doing stuff that I couldn't. Um, but we've got to get, you know, if we lift up the name of Jesus, um, the Lord will draw all men unto himself. And um, whatever we do with it is not going to, it will bring reaction. It's not going to bring probably the reaction you want, you know. Uh, because we always like pretty, we always like uh, kind and merciful, and and uh, and everyone's happy. But it will st- it will poke the tiger. Um, but having said that, the tiger needed poking because it's in the way. Mm. 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 No, I, I totally agree. I think if you um, if you open yourself up, it you'll <laughs> you'll no doubt get a lot of questions uh, directed mm. your way. And, and I I think there's opportunities as well. How we re- we respond? I'm a bit the same as you. I, I grew up in that sort of in tough environment, so I'm I'm happy for whatever they say. But uh, I think our reaction is the key. Like you said before, if if you don't overreact and don't take offence, um, I think they get a surprise. Um, yeah, because obviously they've got a, a particular view in mind. But yeah, that visibility has 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 really got my brain ticking the last couple of years on what we can do. Mm. As, as a church, just to be to be visible to people out there. Um, you know, the great revivals, people used to walk up to a church in the in the local town. So, um, and we yeah, need no, more of those great revivals, don't we, hey? <laughs> That's right. Uh, thanks, guys. Good on you, Jason. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Jason. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Uh, we've got Meredith from Townsville. How are you, Meredith? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Matt. How are you? Good. Have you got a question or a comment? Yeah, I've got a, a comment, um, and just if I could share my testimony as well. Sure, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So the comment that I have um, is I believe that uh, stories are what connect us to each other. Yeah. Uh, everybody has a story to tell, 
Um, and Steve, yeah, it's fantastic that you've written your story. And um, my testimony is that uh, I didn't become a Christian till I was 50. And since then, the Lord's used all the the very broken parts of my life to, to write four books. So um, my first book uh, was a time when my oldest daughter was, was very, very ill. So that became a, a devotional. And then my second book was my testimony. So I used to be in the New Age. And uh, when I became a Christian, which when I was in the New Age, that was the furthest thing from my mind um, that I would ever become a Christian. Uh, but God used, used my testimony and I wrote my book to contrast how the New Age is the counterfeit and how Jesus Christ is the real deal. And then I wrote my third book, which was a devotional for women who've been through domestic violence, which I have. Mm -hmm. And then my fourth book was uh, about my special needs daughter. So I got together with a whole heap of other parents with special needs children and collected all their stories together and my story. And that was my fourth book. So, Mm, wonderful. You know, from living, we're living a life where I, you know, just thought there's so much pain and struggle. I could never have, um, I could never have imagined that I would be writing these books to help other people and um, shine that light of Jesus into the dark places that so many people's lives are so dark. Mm, That is awesome. And you just never know who's going to read those books, hey? No, that's right. And um, Mm. even if just one person reads the book Mm. and comes to Jesus, yeah, it's mm. it, or you know, just people are encouraged and and think, well, you know, that that person's life is like my life, you know, mm. they can come to Jesus too. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, our time's almost up, Meredith. Yeah. We, we've got to keep going, but really appreciate your call today. Yeah, no worries. That's Thank okay. You. Thanks very much. God bless. Thanks. Bye, guys. You too. Bye. And Bye, Meredith. We've got time to squeeze in one more caller. We'll see, Steve. See if you recognise this bloke. Who have we got there? <laughs> How you going, Steve? How you going, Matty? Hey, Robert. Yeah, it's Robert. <laughs> Robert yeah, from Deepwater in New South Wales. I've before and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Mate, your wife got through a bit <laughs> earlier. Yeah. We already chatted to Donna. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard Donna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd just like to say to you, Steve, good on you, mate, for having the guts and the courage to uh, to be led by the Spirit and just to, to write the book that you've written. And, I mean, I haven't read it all fully yet, but parts have read in it. And I'm going, Wow. Good on you. <laughs> that I just also just say, you know, we've we've ridden a lot of miles together. We've had a lot of opportunities to evangelise, going backwards and forwards to Melbourne. It's been mm. a real, real blessing and a real, you know, just real encouragement to be able to ride with you and just enjoy the freedom of knowing that that God is with us. Amen, brother. Whatever we do. Now, Robert, have you read and this the, book the yet? Is, have you read his book yet, Robert? Yeah, I've read. I've I've started to read it probably through to the second chapter so far. Oh, I'm not good a on big you. Reader. Good on you, mate. We'll get into <laughs> it, eh? Yeah, yeah, I am. But the uh, if if we got time, I'd like to share a quick testimony um, about last time when we come back from when I come back from Melbourne. Sure, mate. Um, keep, keep it real got, short, but go for it. A, yeah, okay. Got about one hundred and thirty clicks out of. Uh, out of Sydney, a point of destination. The bike decided it wouldn't start. 
rung up the uh, service people, I won't use their names, and weren't able to help me get quite discouraged and thinking, well, how am I going to get into Sydney? And I didn't ever check this van that was parked beside me. And the bloke said to me, he said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, yeah, you have a look at the bike, do what you want to do. So I had a look at the bike, pushed, prided, pulled, and he said, look, can't get it to go. I said, where are you going? He said, Sydney. I said, can you give me a ride back? And he showed me his his uh, the name on his shirt. He was actually a motorcycle transporter. Oh, well, and he said go. to me, he said, look, I'll, I'll take you back for nothing. He said, no cost. I get back there and... Um, while I'm talking to the people I'm staying with, he's in the van, just in the clutch, pulled the van, pulled the bike out, pushed it around the corner, and pushed and pried it on the starter, and she went. But if I had have actually physically ridden in that day, there was a massive big storm that we ran into. Wow, there you go. It would have been very, very dangerous. So, you know, God's got everything in, in store. Sometimes he comes through at the last moment. Sometimes we think, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this problem? But he's already two steps ahead of us. He's already got it planned, what we, what was, what he's got in store for us. He's just got to put everything, as, as Steve said, you've got to put all the ducks in a row. Amen. All right, Robert, we're going to go, but thanks so much for your call, mate. God bless. That's all right. Bless you. Bye-bye. Robert and his wife Donna are part of the team for Road Riders for Jesus with Steve Schiller. So good to have him on the phone. Now, Steve, if people want to get their hands on this book, it's called The Raw Edge of the Christian Experience. It's available at Vision Store, so they can go to vision.org.au. And if people want to book you to preach, you're, you're happy to travel anywhere, preach the gospel, hey? Pretty much. Yeah. I actually got invited to New Zealand because someone over there got the book and they wow. got four chapters in and rang me up and said, we'll fly you over to do a combined church outreach. Great. That's the the book's do. ended up in four countries already. Awesome. Which is blowing me away. So it's on, it's on Amazon Kindle as well. Yeah, great. You just okay. uh, type in Steve Schiller or the uh-huh. Ridge uh, Christian Experience if you've got enough fingers to type that many letters. <laughs> um, and you, you, mm. you love to go and preach the gospel, but you've also been doing evangelism training, which I think is so important because mm. most Christians don't know how to share their faith. Yeah. But you like to teach on that as well, to equip the saints to go out and share their faith. So if people want to book Steve, uh, contact us here at Vision and we'll pass on the details. Um, and you can Google search the raw edge of the Christian experience find out more information as well. Our time's up. Thanks for joining us, mate. God bless. Good on you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.